And I understood that there was something bigger than everything that we were doing here. So it's helped me a lot with kind of keeping things in perspective of like problems I feel like I'm having, right? Like little things that bother me. We're a, dude, we, we are nothing. How are you? I see you, you're in Texas now, right? Yes, I fucking hate it. I can't wait to move. Gosh, really? Yeah, it's rough. I hate it. Tell me. I'm a big, uh, I'm a big beach guy mm. myself. So I feel like the lack of ocean and kind of the lack of just outside activities in general is really, it's tough for me. Yeah. So, do you feel like you can't do that there? Like, isn't it decently nice all year, or no? No, it's it's either like asinine hot or it's just been raining because we've had thunderstorms for so long so it's like there's nothing to do except eat or go to the mall (laughs) awesome okay well tell me about you you do a lot of coaching i see and a lot of competitor coaching in the um fitness space as well as life coaching so they tell me yeah give me give me a little more than that well so i i do dominantly do fitness coaching, you know, online coaching from the fitness standpoint, um, nutritional aspects. I do a a lot of hormonal regulation with clients, a lot of females who have come to me and, you know, inactive periods or inactive thyroids or, you know, just all their blood works in the red, whatever. And I I really do like correcting those for people because those are things that last somebody a lifetime. Uh, But dominantly, I do do bodybuilding coaching for competition prep. And then I do mentorship on top of that. And that's uh, either life mentorship, business mentorship or a combination of the two. And really, there's there's not really a set way for me to promote that, really. So I kind of don't. It's kind of just word of mouth because I just really have to kind of adapt to whatever that person needs in terms of leadership when they come to me. And everybody kind of needs something different. But I always paint it as I help people get out of their own ways to turn into the leader that they're supposed to be. And that translates everything else in their lives. You turned it into obviously a business for yourself. Was that just word of mouth or how did that grow to the magnitude that it did? Well, I think that the most important thing when it comes to growing an online business is just proof of proof of work, right? Mm -hmm. Proof of efficacy results too, and yeah, results. And I never ever did promotions for my online coaching. I never did, you know, the typical, I got three slots left, swipe up before they're gone. Like I never, I never really did all that. I didn't do ads or anything. I just, every client I had, I, I said, how can I, how can I make this my most important client and make sure that I am showing up for this client everywhere they need me to. So they're the most successful. And the more I did that, the more word of mouth kind of got to me, you know, cause when you can show somebody all this potential that they even, they never even knew was there. And you can also bring it out of them so that they see it and kind of realize it and step into it. Mm-hmm. They're going to fucking tell everybody. Yeah. Yeah. You know, that That's what I focused on in order to start growing my business from the beginning. Got it. So just like really going deep with your clients and not just wide, like not just a wide net, really quality time with that specific client. That makes sense. Yeah. So you competed in bodybuilding, right? Is that is that kind I, of how the competitors found you as a coach? Like, I uh, want to talk about how you got into that kind of coaching too. Uh, no, not really. Actually, I owned a gym. I owned my own gym in San Diego for about oh. three and a half. Yeah, about three and a half years I ran it. And it was really, really fun. I opened it when I was 21. So I was like, so young. A man. You yeah. know, I thought I, wasn't, I thought I was invincible. Yeah. And... I, I went to the Arnold and I actually met, I was in this Airbnb with a bunch of influencers and we all just kind of went there to meet and three people I kind of bonded with and talked to and they were talking to me about coaching and then wanting to compete. And I was just kind of helping them out and giving them some guidance, not really expecting anything because I did, you know, I had my gym in San Diego and they all three asked me before the trip, like, Hey, like, would you coach me online? And I was like, I mean, I've never really done that before but i mean i'd be willing to give it a try and i was like i'll, I'll coach you guys for free because i don't really know what i'm doing and let's yeah. just see what happens yeah. so i coached all three of these people for free and they all ended up competing and uh two of them got really big on social media during the time we were working together one of them actually went on to 
turned pro her first season with me. Oh, yeah. Gosh. So everybody kind of watched this, this girl, her name was Dez. Everybody kind of watched her and I just like blowing through the competition and then winning her class at nationals and getting her pro card. And so during that time, I had a lot of people start inquiring about coaching and I really, yeah. didn't, I really didn't know what the fuck I was doing, you <laughs> yeah. know? And I kind of got to this point where I, I always deem this as there's passion versus calling and mm. passion is kind of how you, how you ch channel your gifts to the world or your purpose to the world and pursue and calling is something that pursues you and pulls you towards it. Mm. And I kind of had this massive calling moment where I knew where I was pulled to just go full online and kind of had that realization that my small town, my gym was just like caging me on what my actual growth was. Cause I was successful. I was comfortable, but I wasn't going anywhere. So I made the decision. I closed my gym. I stole all the equipment and I moved downtown to San Diego and I started pursuing online coaching full time. And it kind of just grew on like wildfire. So them starting their competition season with me and being successful and winning their shows and then going pro. I mean, that's quite a track record to start off for a first time coach. For sure. Yeah. yeah. And I, two things you had mentioned with your clients, you love to show people sometimes that talent that they don't even know that they have. Yeah. And so it's kind of funny because your story is essentially that like you didn't even know you had this talent of coaching, <laughs> like you like were that. clueless and you just started doing it for free. And then you started realizing, wow, I'm actually kind of good at this. And yeah, so it's kind of out, funny uh, how that comes full circle. And then yeah, I never really thought about it like that. Yeah. Yeah. That's like probably why you're a good coach, because subconsciously you went through that transformation yourself oh. where you were like, wow, I'm actually really good at something like this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then the second thing is when you said the passion versus calling thing, love that. But I I often say too, you know, so much of it is hard work. And then there's that 5% that's just the luck or the, the omen or something that just like really brings you to like where you're supposed to go. Do you have that specific moment for you where you felt like your calling was starting or beginning? Or do you remember a moment when you felt like the calling was happening i i i do but i i don't i don't know when it happened i know when i realized it though yeah and it was kind of like once i closed my gym and i moved downtown like i basically gave up 60 percent of my income and my you know my overhead went up like 20 percent because i was living somewhere more expensive so i I had no choice but to like put everything I had into whatever pulled me there in the first place. And after the first year of me just pouring myself into where I felt that I was supposed to be, I, w I was so focused on living, right? I need to get my basic needs to survive. I need yeah, to get bills, yeah. I need to eat, I need to have, you know, I need to have my, my home. And after that first year, um, my lease was over and they were going to bump up the rates like 500 bucks a month. And because San Diego, oh, I know it's painful. And I end up, you know, crunching the numbers and I go, holy shit, I can buy a house. And so I, I, I bought my very first house and that was the first house I've ever lived in in my entire life. In San Diego. And it was one that I bought myself. And that was kind of the realization where I said, wow, I've did this without even realizing I was doing this because I was so in a flow state for the last year of my life that I wasn't even focusing on how much money was coming in, how much money was in my bank account. I was just engaged in what I was doing. And I think when you get into that flow for that long, yeah. that's when you know you're right where you're supposed to be. Yeah. And I feel like too, when you're in that flow and you're focusing on each day just alone and not thinking of like monetary and financial goals in 10 years, when you're just focusing on grinding every single day, I feel like those are the people that end up succeeding quicker even because they're putting more into each day and not putting more energy into projection and um, anticipating certain things to happen and these goals that might be a long ways away. And if you're just focused every single day, you get so much more done in a short period of time. Yeah, it's more so like the paralysis from analysis. Yeah, yeah. Like, man, I want to make a million dollars. And then, you know, you only make... 10,000 in a month, you're like, man, that's just going to take me forever to get to a million dollars instead yeah. of going, man, I just made 10 grand this month. That's exactly. fucking nice. Yeah. It's 
spending you know? more time doing instead of projecting, I think. Yeah, I love yeah. that. Absolutely. It's, it's interesting, too, because that time period of when, you know, you moved downtown, you made the career switch and then buying the house, that's a really short time period in oh. in the grand scheme of things. That is incredible. Like most people work so much longer to achieve that. So do you attribute that to just that year of every single day putting that work in or? Absolutely. There's yeah. not there's 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 nothing else that comes to it other than. I had no other choice. Like I didn't have, it was just me. If I succeeded, it was my fault. And if I failed, it was my fault. And, you know, when I grew up, I didn't grow up very wealthy. It was just me and my mom in a trailer park. She didn't make a lot of money. Like, you know, the old school Eminem eight mile story. That was me. But that's and, always the successful people. Right. Well, yeah. it's, it's, it, it's a fear of me. I don't ever want to go back to that. Yeah. I've heard so um, many people say that. That's so interesting. Yeah. Yeah. So it was just kind of like that. I'm here now. It's me. This is either do or die. I'm either going to push to a new level or I'm going to go back to where I was. And I'm sure as hell not going back to where I was. Absolutely. You yeah. Know? I I can't relate to like my upbringing was very typical in terms of both parents still together. Dad's a business owner. Mom's an executive. Like my life was not really that challenging growing up. And so I find it harder now to take that risk and to start that business and to be a little less risk averse just because my whole life, it, I didn't have to take those risks. Yeah. And so now it's even scarier and I don't have that ability to be like, and, and have that fire under my ass, I guess, in a sense. So yeah, no, that makes a lot of sense. So for coaching, this is something that I think about with your style of coaching. And then also I'm pretty big into gut health and just women's health as well. And I'm in data science, so it's not even related okay. to like what I do for a living, but I've studied that stuff for years. Like in college, I would just listen to countless podcasts and just accumulate all this information. And and I feel like you are similar in that way. Correct me if I'm wrong, but we don't have PhDs and we don't have our doctorates. But I then do it's not. like you just feel like. But you know what? I also don't have a fuck ton of debt either. So that's nice. Yeah, same, <laughs> but it's fine. But 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 do you ever feel like you have almost imposter syndrome or just do you stress out about how you don't have these credentials, but then you know, deep down that you can help other people. I, okay. So I, yes and no. So I, I definitely struggle with imposter syndrome a lot, but I, it doesn't really have anything to do with my lack of accolades okay, um, because, you know, I, I mean, I, I took ISSA CPT a while back when I had my gym. I mean, it's an eight month course. I finished the whole thing in a week, you know, oh and God. like, it, it was just like, it was so stupid, stupid simple. Easy. So like, I, I know what I'm doing. I don't need a piece of paper to tell me I know what I'm doing. So it's nothing really when someone's like, well, you don't have any credentials on paper. I'm like, I can still fix you. But it, it's more so when I get to that point of like, and I actually, I don't know if you saw my story. I just posted a story. I had a, a client recently come to me about three months ago and her blood work was all in the red. She had inactive thyroids. Her sex hormones were completely crashed. And was it Hunter? Me, yes, it was Hunter. Do you Hunter's know Hunter? one of my friends. Yeah. No way. Yeah, we actually talked about you. But continue. I'll, I'll okay, tell you so Hunter, uh, she came to me pretty much just de destroyed, really, just in a really, really bad place hormonally, um, underactive thyroid, underactive everything. And just got her blood work done last week and got the results yesterday. So the doctor is sitting here asking her, you know, hey, everything looks perfect. Like, did you increase your thyroid medication or yeah. like, what's going on? She's like, no, I'm not taking anything, you know? So taking somebody like that and, and being able to see them heal that. And like, even when I have my, my clients win an overall at a show and they win everybody, I still will sit there and be like, I feel like I just got lucky. You know, like, there's no way eventually I'm going to get outed for somebody who doesn't actually yeah, know. Same. You know? So, that, so that imposter syndrome, it does, it, it always gets there. And I feel like no matter how many clients I have that win overalls or how many people I help restore their hormones, I'm always like, well, I know. I'm like, did maybe. I really do that? Like maybe mm -hmm. their body just decided Yeah, maybe they're just an outlier. Right. Yeah, they're a genetic yeah. outlier. It's their body outlier. just knew what to do from now on. I don't know why. I totally, I empathize with that. I still feel like in the coaching space, it is sometimes hard because I know that I can help people, especially women, just because of personal experiences and all the knowledge that I accumulate, accumulated over the years. But then um, just not having you know, like 
my registered dietitian and all these things. It's like, it's like, how do you navigate? How do you personally navigate that world? Like, do you recommend supplements? Do you, you know what I mean? Like, how do you navigate that? Yeah. So my, my thing on my check-in sheets is always, it says recommendations, no matter what. And that's the way you kind of have to weasel, like kind of weasel your way out of it, you know? So, uh, you know, we have startup documents, we have waivers that all my clients sign and say, Hey, I'm not a doctor. This isn't medical advice, you know, this and that, even though, you know, your doctor is probably screwing you over anyways. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so my main thing is everything I, I give my clients, it's a recommendation. So, mm-hmm. so if they're checking sheet with their protocols, it says like supplement recommendation, cardio recommendations, macro recommendations. So that's kind of the, the way to like, I guess, navigate around it. Yeah. Yeah. If, if that makes sense. It's like, just play on words. Yeah. It, literally, it's a, I mean, that's what the law is really. If you think yeah. about it, all the legality bullshit, it's a play on words just to try to. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's so hard because deep down, you know that you can help people. I mean, not everyone, obviously, like there's an extent to this, but it is hard when you feel like you can serve someone maybe even more than a doctor could. And yeah. I, I did that for myself. So, I mean, like you have to just be your own advocate, especially in health and women's health. And I love that's like kind of what stuck out to me about you is that most coaches, whether it's competing or not, they they think it's just calories. And it's it drives mm-hmm. me insane because I'm like, we're the most complex beings on this planet. And there's so many variables like this is science. And if one variable is off, like it can affect so many others. Yeah, everything's a domino effect. Yes. And so like what are the most common types of health issues that women come to you for um, like thyroid or what what kinds of things? Well, I would say for the most part, most women, if they come to me for that, usually it's, oh, you're the period restorer. Right. Yeah. I've been called yeah. the period whisperer because I restored <laughs> a lot of I've, I've probably restored over 300 periods from women. Um, I need to hire you. you I'm literally have... going through it right now. I, I got my IUD out last December. I had like a few random ones. My naturopath put me on Vitex and DIM and all this stuff and yeah. got a few and then stopped taking it and haven't had one. Well, you know, here, here's the real truth of the matter is that you not having a period or any woman not having their period isn't detrimental to your health by mm. any means. It's, it's really not. I mean, you seem fine, right? Yeah, you feel I'm fine. alive. Yeah, Bad it's energy. really not detrimental to your health whatsoever. And to be completely honest, a lot of women would, would prefer to be you. That's what I always tell clients because you're essentially on birth control without actually having to put birth control in your body. Yeah. You know, so you, you, you can't get pregnant. That's true. And the way that I always will articulate to people is, again, we can make all the body progress we want. We can keep you completely healthy. We can build muscle. We can lose fat, everything without focusing on restoring your period. If it's truly a concern to you and you want your period, sure, we can restore it. It's again, I've I've got my systems down for period restoration. I really do. But at the end of the day, I, I say we focus on it when you actually are ready to try for kids. But isn't amenorrhea dangerous? Like, doesn't it mean that your energy balance is off or something? Yes, yes. But, you know, at the same time, we also can look at it from a positive standpoint of you only have so many eggs. Oh. Right? So your eggs are actually, they're not going anywhere when you're not having your period. They're just staying dormant. True. They're just sitting there. So you can actually prolong the, the longevity of how long you can wait until you can actually get pregnant until that biological clock runs out. That's so perfect because I moved to California, so it's going to be a long time. See? that's so Um, awesome yeah so there's i mean there's there's pros and there's also cons for everything you know but again like you're saying hey isn't that kind of unhealthy like do you feel unhealthy you know it's so weird because every doctor is like this is bad this like even my naturopath she's like this is not good like we ran all i wouldn't say it's i wouldn't say it's optimal but i'm not gonna look at it and say oh my god this is terrible like i'm not gonna die yeah not gonna Um, die and, and they kind of make it seem like that. They're like, what is wrong with you? What is what is going on? And because all my labs look pretty normal and then like my estrogen and progesterone are low. But like, I don't know. I'm not that's dying. In, that's interesting because typically yeah. when we're coming up to the period, estrogen is usually at its highest. And then when you start your period, that's when it kind of dips back down. So I actually see because when I deem it a problem, because right now you pretty much have a great scenario. 
right? Uh, except be- not having better, estrogen makes me like nauseous and yeah, anxious. a better a better yeah. scenario. But there's there's holistic supplements we can take to help with healthy estrogen metabolism. So that maca, uh, maca, dim. Uh, there there's a great blend from one of my um, one of my mentors, Jason Theobald. He owns New Ethics, and New Ethics mm. is an incredible supplement company. And they have a, an estrogen balancing support supplement called Estracort. And I have a lot of my women take it. And that's one of my bang for my bucks when I do start to restore hormones and restore. Wow. So yeah. women with low and high, or is it yep. simply high? It, again, okay. estrogen in itself is not bad. Right. It's, it's too much of it or too little of it's it. It's the balance of it with right? progesterone, it's right? Balance. Yes. Yeah. It's, it's the progesterone and estradiol ratio being off or having an excess amount of estrogen, but estrogen itself and progesterone itself, that's not bad. Mm-hmm. You know, um, we can do chase berry supplements if our goal is to regulate an estradiol progesterone ratio as well. But mm-hmm. uh, one thing that I do see in people where I will say we should probably correct their period is if they're in a state of constant estrogen dominance. Right. Yeah. Because, uh, like I said, if we're not starting the period, then we're not getting that flush. Yeah. Oh, that would but be there's genetic dispositions for everything. Mm-hmm. So I'd say as far as women who don't get their periods go, you're you're not in the worst position. Hmm. I love yeah. that take. Yeah. And I also think that there is so much pressure around it now. I see it all over social media. And I think stress is seriously the number one oh. cause for everything. Okay. And so when people are stressing about not having a period, I'm like, that is only to your detriment. Like, I just try to live every day and i'm like if it comes it comes but the more you stress about things like that i just feel like it prolongs the process yeah and just a really interesting anecdote that i can add to that is literally i have a client of mine she's actually one of my coaches and she hasn't had a period for about a year year and a half since she competed and you know she's been wanting to get it back and i've kind of told her the same thing like sure we can you know we can work on it it's not the huge deal but we can you know work on it and then she got blood work done and she just wanted to go get um a secondary opinion Mm-hmm. from the doctor and i'm always fine with that for people and went to the doctor and the doctor was basically like hey you know it's it's really not detrimental to your health kind of said the same thing and explained to her what happens you know about estrogen coming up and going down and all this stuff and like yeah you're good you're just on birth control basically and wow. then she literally spent a week microdosing, and the next week she got her period <laughs> no way well, I think it was more so the fact of having that conversation and having it in her head, like, okay, yeah. it's really not bad. For I'm sure. not going to stress about it anymore. And then microdosing, you know, you kind of chill out and you kind of reassess and recompartmentalize everything where it's not building up in your brain. So a week of that and then knowing that answer and it was like, boom, period was back. That it is nothing different. It's so, it's like our brains are literally so powerful and just yeah. probably yeah. that thought of like, okay, I don't have to stress about this anymore. Like her body was just like, okay, now we're in a state of relaxation and we can actually do this. Yeah. That is so cool. I love yeah. that. So it was really cool. I mean, it was really cool on my end too, to hear somebody in his position kind of saying all of that stuff as well. Cause it kind of just reiterates like, okay, cool. Like I'm not solo in, in thinking yeah. that, right? This is actually his career. Yeah, for sure. Know? So that and, was cool. Yeah. And I mean, you've worked with so many women that it makes sense that you have seen patterns and you've seen, yeah. you know what I mean? Like there are things that you see probably on a daily basis, but that's so interesting. Um, so microdosing, I would love to chat about that because, Oh, please let's dive in. Oh, perfect. Okay. I, um, have never gotten high off mushrooms because I'm so afraid of like not having control. I'm such an anxious person and I barely even smoke weed, but honestly, like I've always struggled with sleep and anxiety and microdosing just keeps popping up. And even my psychiatrist was like, you know, I think microdosing might be a good option for you, even though it's (laughs) I don't even think it's legal here. But have you been microdosing? If so, like when did you start and why did you start? So I actually the first time I ever supplemented (laughs) with psilocybin mushrooms, um, my girlfriend and I, we went to um, Key West for a, a little mini getaway. And neither of us had ever done them before. And we just kind of wanted to experience them and just see, because we're, we're, I'm a very spiritual person. I really yeah. believe in all of that and frequencies and connecting with the earth and everything. And you hear all of these amazing stories of people just feeling so at one with everything. Yeah. So 
we uh, we went to the beach. We sat, and this was last November, about a year and a half ago. It was mm -hmm. my first time, or almost two years ago now. And we both took a decent amount on the beach, and you know, actually tripped. You know, I'm seeing, you know, I, you know, but I, I remember standing up, and I remember standing up and seeing the trees completely just stop. Oh my and God. I was like, oh, shit. Oh, my God. You know? I'm so but nervous right now. We, we just start cracking up. You know, my, <laughs> our come ups is like a ton of giggles, like we're yeah. cracking up. And then the visuals really start kicking in. And, you know, we're watching the ocean and it's turning all these different colors of purple, blues, yellows. Wow. We're watching the sunset go down. We're seeing the earth actually breathe. We're feeling so connected to all of this energy. And it was like truly i think one of the most life-changing it was probably the most life-changing experience of my entire life just fully surrendering to that and allowing myself to feel that connected with everything around me and really realizing holy shit there is so much more at play here than we even know yeah and that opened me up in so many different ways i didn't even know i was closed off and we've probably tripped about like eight or nine times total since then. And one of them, I did almost die. Oh, I went, no. I went, I went above and beyond what anybody should be taking. And I was by <laughs> myself. And, oh my God. No. Oh man. It was, it, I took about 10 grams worth of shrooms and for anybody listening, a, a dose for me to get like really, really up there is probably like three grams. So I, I took 10 by myself and that was rough. <laughs> what happened like while um, it? well so i went into do you remember when there was the uh like the eclipse of jupiter and saturn yeah remember when they were like passing it was supposed to be this this it was crazy. supposed to be super elaborate and it wasn't yeah, yeah well so this was that day and i was like i'm gonna shroom trip because there's some energy portal that's supposed to happen i want to try to raise my vibrations to get better messages from the universe or whatever so I start off by taking a, a pretty decent amount, probably like four grams and I'm outside and I'm watching the sunset. I'm, I'm starting to see the energy kind of flow through everything. I'm seeing all the waves of energy between the grass and the trees and all of this. And I start looking at the sun and I start hearing a muttered voice. And you know, when you're like changing the radio station in the car and you're not at the radio station yet, and you can kind of hear it coming through the frequency waves. That was kind of what I heard. And I was like, why can't I hear you? And then a voice came out and said, you need to get higher. Like I needed to get my frequency higher. So I had this out of body experience where I watched my body stand up, walk into my kitchen and eat the rest of these shrooms. And I'm sitting there thinking in my head, why is my, why are my hands doing this? You know? And so I ended up eating about 10 grams of shrooms and my body just starts not convulsing, but my body just kind of starts like spiraling. Like my hips start moving crazy. My arms kind of start flailing up in the oh air and it was just involuntary, involuntary movement. And it was this, it almost felt like I was stuck in like an energy vortex. And like there was just all this energy that I was just caught like in between. getting thrown around. Yes. Yeah. yes, that's exactly what it felt like. And now this is the point where, where if somebody's with you, they can calm you down and tell you, hey, you're good. Just keep going. But I was by myself. So, you know, your brain starts thinking about and here's the thing is I panicked. And then that's what sent me because you whatever you're focusing on usually gets enhanced. So I start I, I'm kind that's of what I'm afraid of. Yeah. Oh. Right? So I kind of start panicking. And I'm like, oh my God, like my brain's going everywhere. I'm like, oh my God, Jupiter and Saturn did something. And now the gravity on earth is fucked up. So this is happening everywhere. And I text my friend, Emily, and she's also doing shrooms this night. And I say, perfect. At least you have some. <laughs> well, she's fucking high too. And I go, dude, oh, yeah. I feel like I'm in a vortex right now. And she texts me back and says, I can see you in the vortex. And I'm like, oh my God. And I'm like, reality's over. Like, this is crazy. I need to get this shit out of me. So I start trying to make myself throw up. I can't throw up. I'm like, I go and I get in the shower and I'm smacking myself in the face, trying to snap out of it. I call Allie. I'm like, I, I took way too much. I don't know what to do. And she's like, you're fine. And I'm sitting on the bed and all of these, I just feel my consciousness like pulling away from my brain. And I literally tell her, I'm like, I think I'm going to die. 
And she's like, you're not getting that. And I, I, I was like, I, I literally think I'm going to die. Oh, my God. What if your brain was so convinced you were going to die that you just died? died. <laughs> like, sometimes I actually think that could happen. Well, so, I mean, maybe, but I didn't. And it, it was probably about an hour and a half of just like pure terror. And once I broke through this certain part, it was like everything went completely silent. And I felt so at peace. And it felt like an orb had like filled up my room like an orb of energy just like projected out from me. And it was like this massive space of just pure bliss and like universal knowledge is the only thing I could explain. And I was literally having conversations with be like beings that were above me. That's crazy. And it was like, I knew, I knew every, anything I asked, they had the answers and I could ask them about anything about afterlife and spirits and the universe. And it was like, they told me everything. And it was probably the most insane experience of my life. And I asked them why I went through all the shit that I just went through. And they basically said, you know, you're, you wanted to go up more frequencies. So you had to break through the resistance to get to the higher level. And that was the vortex I felt that was me feeling like I was dying. Like, and it was the closer I got to that point, the worse it got. So they told me that either I was, they literally told me either you were going to push through and get here or you were going to die. Yeah. And so that it was, that, it was probably one of the craziest trips of my life. I will never do that many shrooms ever again, but, but was it pivotal for you? Like it, was, it changed everything. Exactly. I feel like it changed everything. I, I, I said, I, I really had a point where I thought I was going to die. I, I completely convinced myself that this was the last day I was ever going to be alive. And then when I got to that point and was able to ask those questions and I was able to kind of, almost feel truly and really believe that this is what happens after we die. And there was almost a part part where I was at this point where I, I was convinced that I had died and that I was never going to return back to my physical body again, but I was at peace with it. And I understood that there was something bigger than everything that we were doing here. So it's helped me a lot with kind of keeping things in perspective of like problems I feel like I'm having, right? Like little things that bother me. We're a, dude, we, we are nothing in the grand nothing. scheme of the universe. And I think there's a lot of power in realizing that. Absolutely. Especially for people that have anxiety like myself. It's like those moments where you're panicking about something and anxious. It's like we are such a small piece of this entire thing. Like we don't even know how big this whole no. universe is. universe is still expanding, actually. Okay, that's terrifying, but awesome at the same yeah. time. See, how do you know that, though? How do we know that? Well, that's what that's what the research shows us. Oh. Since Big Bang, the universe has never stopped growing. And I believe that. It's like an yeah. exponential. But that's insane. I wonder, do you ever think about, you know, you heard these voices that you felt were like higher than you and speaking to you. Do you ever wonder if that's your highest level of consciousness? Like that was you speaking to you? Well, I actually had a, a shroom experience after this one where I spoke to my my higher self. Oh, I did. So cool. And I was I was uh, I was meditating and I had my eyes closed and I had music in my ears. And I asked my higher self if I could speak to it. And we ended up in this this orb in space. And there was a silhouette of me sitting crisscross looking at me. And I'm sitting here talking to it, like, are you my higher self? And it's like, yes. And we're having all these conversations. And I, I don't remember what I asked it. I asked it something because I, I was scared. I kind of asked it like, am I safe right now? And it literally said, you better be careful what questions you ask. And it grabbed my head and it pushed me out of the orb with my head. And Allie's, Allie said she was watching me meditate. And she saw my head shoot oh my aside gosh, and it so grabbed awesome. my head and it pushed my head outside of the orb and all of these crazy thoughts immediately entered my head of like, I'm going to die. This is the end, all this stuff. And my heart started pounding like crazy. And it was a crazy anxiety attack. And the second it pulled me back in, all of it stopped. And it was like, if you ask the wrong questions and you let all the noise in, mm -hmm. that's where you disrupt your peace. And I was like, holy shit, man. Like that's so applicable to everything. In I life. know. I always say like, 
block the noise. Like I always use the word noise. That's the best yeah. way to describe it. That was exactly what it showed me. Wow. And it was, it was incredible. It was incredible. That was probably one of the craziest shroom experiences of my life. Uh, right before that, I actually like my visual of my eyes. It was, I was actually speaking to the center of like creation of what created the entire universe. And I was in this room of just the, the best way I can describe this is like red energy and so the energy, the energy was kind of moving almost like a snake or like octopus tentacles. Yeah. Right. It was just following. Yeah. And I, I, I got to this place and I felt such an overwhelming power. It literally, I was terrified. I felt so overwhelmed by the power I felt. And I asked it, you know, am I safe to be here right now? And it, and it basically said, like, if I wanted you to be dead, you would be dead. But everything I create is with love. Mm. And I said, well, are you, I said, are you God? Are you a man? Are you a woman? Like, what are you? And it kind of said, I'm whatever I, whatever people need me to be for them to make sense of what I do. And I thought that that blew In my freaking mind. And I start talking to it. And I kid you not, Steph, I start speaking in my mind. I start speaking Mandarin Chinese. And I see all the Chinese words come out of my mouth written. And then I randomly start speaking German. And then I start speaking Russian. Do you know these languages? I know none of these languages. And I ask it, I say, how am I like seeing these words, hearing how they sound and understanding everything? And he said, because you're speaking the one universal language. And that, it was, like I said, it was probably one of the craziest trips of my entire life. It's, it's crazy because most people I talk to that have shroom trips don't experience things to that level, which like kind of alludes to the fact that you must have a very connected spiritual relationship with yourself. Yeah, maybe. I mean, you must, and you must, like, most of us don't tap into so many parts of our brain, and I, you must be able to connect to more of those than we can. That's insane, and it reminds me so much of Interstellar. I don't know if you've seen that. Yes, but, yes. And, like, I don't know if you like Einsteinian physics, where, you know, past, present, future are all happening at the same time, but it reminds yeah. me of when he's tapping on the bookshelf and yep. it's him at that exact moment and I'm just like this whole time you're speaking about these experiences I'm just like wondering if this is your like a different version of you at a different time like Coming communicating back to, to yourself advice. yeah yeah that's it so very crazy. well could be that's that's pretty crazy to think of and I don't I I don't know if you have heard of flowability but I started doing it as kind of yes. an accessory yeah to weightlifting and I, I learned all the science about like, I learned so much about quantum he's big, physics. He's big on like, yeah, physics and like breathing and posture. And it's so much of what we don't even understand. And it's like, it's basically taking you back to exercises that children are doing when they're developing as babies. So like developing diaphragms, developing glute meds, developing psoases and like all these different postural muscles that none of us have. Mm -hmm. And so... Anyway, long story short, so much of that training is to create a relationship with gravity. Like when I bend over now, I'm so much more forward than I ever was. Like I lean forward and I don't feel like I'm falling. And it's it's just, I can't even explain it. It's really crazy because it's like central nervous system training. So yeah. my central nervous system has a different relationship with gravity now than it ever did. And the more that I learn about it though, I'm making these connections. And I don't know if you believe in God or whatever you believe in, but... God, I feel like could be the fifth dimension or consciousness in God or the fifth dimension. And then I'm like, is God gravity? Is he bringing us and grounding us to this earth? Because gravity is a force that no one understands. Like it's considered so weak, but it's also so powerful and complex. And I'm like, is God gravity? I don't mean to like freak you out. I'm not even on shrooms, obviously. But like my brain after learning about these things, I'm just like, you're almost crazy not to wonder or not to entertain or explore these ideas, you know? Yeah. I've yeah. always, um, I'm not religious. Yeah. But I don't have an issue with anybody who is. I think yeah. whatever you put your faith in, like uh, kind of like what that vision told me is whatever people need yes. that to be in order mm -hmm. to 
put, you know, and understand things and grasp things and embrace them with faith and spirituality, I think that's beautiful. Mm-hmm. Just because I don't believe in God doesn't mean anybody who does is stupid. And For I, sure. Um, I'm big on the universe, but I also, I think the, the more that I tap into my own consciousness and my own realms of consciousness, I really can't help but entertain the idea is, is God just the connection of everybody's conscious states to the fullest? Yeah. Because when we do get into that fifth dimension, that's just a higher state of our overall consciousness. So is there a point where we can break and learn and lean so much into our consciousness that our consciousness itself then becomes God? And that's, and that's kind of my theory is this training it brings me so much closer to a higher level of consciousness just because I can't explain the like connection it makes you have with your body. It's the weirdest training I've ever done. Like I shake, I like convulse when I do it. It's insane. Like my central nervous system goes nuts, but I, that's essentially my theory. I, I grew up like Catholic, but now I'm like, I do think God is exactly what you said. Almost like, it's whatever people need him to be or her or whatever, whatever you identify as. But essentially, like, there's so many religions, right? And I always grew up thinking, well, mom, like, why is our religion the right one if there's so many? Like, it just proves that whole kind of idea or, yeah. like, I guess, supports the idea that, you know, maybe it is whatever we want it to be or need it to yep. be. And I also agree that I, I, I personally take the stance that even if God isn't real or even if any of the religious stuff isn't real if it makes you feel a different way than you could have without it and if it if you feel more aligned and if you can connect to yourself deeper than you ever could and feel like anxiety is relieved and you feel like you can put your faith in something the vehicle like i.e religion or god whatever it is that gets you there i don't think that matters i think the the result and the feeling is what matters so it's real or not but (laughs) <laughs> placebo is a thing and it's effective i don't i don't think i don't i really don't think it's an argument of if it's real or not because it's real yeah you know and there's a reason and like we can take shrooms for example there's a reason that everybody around the world who does this plant sees the same thing mm-hmm. that's not a coincidence i know that's exactly what i'm saying fun fact is that actually the the number one longest and oldest living organism on this planet is mushrooms fungus yep they've been here since the beginning of time fungus has been on this planet longer than anything else on the planet and if i'm correct i I do believe they just discovered some type of fungus on mars and if that's the case then it would it would really give a lot of evidence and support to the notion that fungus or mushrooms might be a key that connects everything insane I mean, so like, cool. like I said, what other explanation do we have that everybody sees the same things? Everybody sees sacred geometry. Everybody has these talks with higher beings. Like, yeah, how how is that? How is that a co- correlation or a how is that a coincidence that people even from different cultures and languages do the same things, draw the same? Yeah, things? and we've especially yeah, we've all had different experiences, childhoods, upbringings, beliefs, mm-hmm. even, and it's if we all see the same thing, it's like our brains are all a lot more similar than we thought and our consciousness is probably all connected by this one unit or this one entity which is That's just exactly the way i see it yeah it's incredible is, it's incredible is quite the word for it, isn't it wow i'm so inspired down to try it um okay well i want to be respectful of your time i could talk about mushrooms all day but um so i'm going to ask you a few quick questions okay, okay. first one what is your biggest physical insecurity and then your biggest non-physical insecurity oh so like what i hate about my body and what i love about my body the most like okay so your biggest non-physical so it could be something to do with like your it could be your toxic trait if you will or like something of that nature and then your physical insecurity so yeah basically like okay so my my physical insecurity is my, my lower abdominal region, because when I was born, I was actually born with duplicated ureter tubes. It was a birth defect. Wow. So they had to do a very large evasive surgery on me. And they basically, I got a massive smiley face scar and I had to go in there and remove them. And now kind of like, you know, if you've had surgery, like this, the muscle and the fat around it distribute 
differently. And mm-hmm. since it was such a young age, I basically have this, like, if I'm, if I'm not stage lean, I have kind of like this literal just pocket of body fat that hangs right below my belly. Button. And yeah, it's not that crazy, but it's something yeah. that I notice and yeah. it's literally just the scar. And then it's just like a pocket of fat right above it. Cause that's just <laughs> what, what happened and how it healed. Yeah. So that's definitely my, my most physical insecurity. Yeah. My, my non-physical insecurity, I think, I, I hate to sound vain, but I, there's not very many that I have. I'm very confident who I, who I have grown into as a person, so but good. I, uh, I definitely used to have a very, very big problem with my ego. And I'm very glad that I was able to kind of be self-aware of that and, and fix that. Cause I definitely did not like who I used to be, but I've put a lot of work and had a lot of uncomfortable conversations with myself specifically on um, psychedelics to mm. allow myself to get to a point where I really do love myself fully. Yeah. Do you, sorry, I forgot to ask, do you I, microdose now? I do. Okay. Do you yeah, feel like I, that helps with like everything. sleep and anxiety? I, and Truthfully, I think that the way that I describe this to people is that microdosing, I feel like I have an unfair advantage over everybody else on the planet. Awesome. You know, just the way that I'm able to handle conflict, the way I'm able to listen to what somebody's saying and how they're saying it. And set, like, if somebody comes to me and they're super upset and yelling at me, when you're microdosing, you kind of have it more of a, man, this person's really hurting. Oh, that's beautiful. You know, yeah. instead of like, yo, what the fuck? Why are you coming at me like that? You know, so you're able to really see oh, things for what they actually are, I would say. Yeah. And you can make a lot more just calm and smooth and real reactions to them. I was going to say, it almost takes away, it strips away that initial reactionary response of like anger, frustration, and, yeah, and it helps you, just say, you like. You come, at, you come at life more from a curious standpoint. Oh, instead I like of that. Defense. Yeah. So like uh, one thing I always say about pretty much everything is it's not my job to defend. It's my job to create. Oh. So if somebody has a problem with me, it's not my, it's not my job to defend me, but it could be my job to create a space for them where they don't feel that way about me anymore. Oh, that's so beautiful. It sounds just peaceful. Yeah. It just gives you peace. It sounds so like I, my, my goal is not to defend. My goal is to create with pretty much everything. That's awesome. I need to start saying that to myself every day. That's yeah. beautiful. It's a great quote. Use it. Yeah, I, I will. I'll quote you. Um, okay. And then, so this is a question I ask everyone because I go to parties and I'm such a deep person. Like I like to have intellectual conversations and not just be like, hey, I like your... Sure. Like, ew, it's just so boring to me. I like, I don't even go out ever because of that. But, um, I always ask people like, what lights your soul on fire? And they just laugh in my face, but I, I'm actually kind of serious because I just want to know. So what lights your soul on fire and just makes you feel that higher sense of self and feel that connection and that, and that deep feeling you can't even explain. I would say, and, and, uh, this kind of ties into like what my life sentence is. And I, I would say that it's, it's vague, but adding value to people and helping people become better leaders lights my soul on fire. I, I really believe that everything rises and falls on leadership. And it's a lot I do with my team, my clients, everything on our team calls. I'm always trying to teach people how to become a better leader and add value to them so that they can kind of turn around and do the exact same thing to people that they're with. That's so awesome. when it comes to leadership and personal growth, that's what sets my soul on fire. Yeah, it sounds like your strength is individualization and the last guest i had on i said the same thing too because it's finding those unique that like those unique um characteristics and traits in each person and those unique gifts and bringing them out and so they can see them and use them and then help other people with those gifts i would say i have a literal insatiable thirst and hunger for finding potential in people and bringing it out like that i can't get enough of it that's amazing. That's and it just creates a ripple effect. You know, those people will go on to lead others and help them find their their passions, yeah. their gifts, and things like that. So exactly, and that's that. all. I wanna, that's all I want to leave in this world is that. Yeah, it's a legacy. Um, okay, so what brings you peace? Because I having that passion and that drive. Um, if you're anything like me, that if you're so passionate about something, you'll lose sleep over it, and you'll you know, just have too much energy almost at times. So what, what kind of grounds you and brings you that peace that 
might be hard to find. Oh man, I I would say I I think I have a very unorthodox answer to this, <laughs> and I think uh, entrepreneurs who are successful and make a lot of money and have you know, do you have a to do list? Do you? Um, I just do it like once a day. What? What? How many? How many of the things do you have on your to do list? Like four. Okay, that's more than I have. I just prioritize. Yeah, I, I always say, and I'll be honest, I maybe make a to-do list three times a week and I never have more than three things on my to-do list at a time. And I think if I have to do more than three things in a day that I'm I'm not doing those three things. Those aren't going to be quality. Yeah. I, just, I would rather be effective than busy. Me too. And when I see entrepreneurs or people in the same space being like, oh man, I've been up since six. It's, oh, I can't go out tonight. I'm still working. I'm like, dude, I was done at 3 p.m. What are you still yeah. doing? Yeah. You know? Yeah. So for me, like what brings me peace, and again, it may, it may sound a little like woo woo, but at the end of the day, was I able to interact with somebody today where they left that conversation feeling better or having a better sense of direction through a struggle that they're going with or something that they can apply to their own lives for them to be better? Because mm. at the end of the day, people, people won't remember what you did, but they will remember how you made them feel. For sure. Yeah. And I, I, I'm the same way where I just... I don't agree with the whole no sleep. Ugh, it That's, drives me I mean, insane. It means you're not doing that. Can yeah. tell us that that is not good. Yeah, those people that work the same amount of hours the next day achieve less. So I'm like, what are you doing? It doesn't even make sense. But um, I it's interesting because your passion and your peace, like those, are the same They're thing the same almost. Thing. Yeah. They're- that's yeah. So, that's when your passion brings you peace, it's quite a life to live. Yeah, that's very hard to find someone that can do both of those at the same time like when i get passionate about something even if i stop working i'm still thinking so that's that's beautiful that that can i'm really good at not thinking. compartmentalize <laughs> i think it's just a guy thing honestly it might, it might yeah. be guys it are so good be. at that um i'm just I, I think i've just i've gone through burnout i've gone through waking up at 3 30 a.m every morning for three and a half years straight when i had my gym and Oof. running on fumes and I've seen what my work is like. So I personally know through the course of time and probably about five different trials of burnout. I've had burnout at least five times in my life. And that's a lot. Yeah. How are your adrenals? Uh, they're better now. Okay. <laughs> they're good now. They're, yeah. they're recovered now because now I know, even though I'm super invested in something and this and that, I know by six o'clock, my laptop needs to be closed. Yeah. I know I need to be done. I know I need to recharge because I know what happens when my batteries run on half speed. And again, I'd rather be effective than busy. And if I know for a fact, if I can close my laptop at six, deload for the night, have good sleep and tackle it tomorrow, I'm going to get it done probably in the same amount of time. If not faster. If up, then if I stayed up all night working on it while I was sleeping, my, my work output's going to go lower and lower and lower. Whereas if I just sleep, and I knock it out in two hours the next morning, I'm probably allocating the same amount of overall time anyways before it's completed. Thousand percent. I'm so happy you brought that up because every entrepreneur needs to hear this. I think they almost romanticize the no sleep thing and no days off. And I'm like, you are only doing yourself a disservice. Yeah, it's like a clout Instagram. I want to seem hardcore. Like I hate it. I gotta, I gotta, I'll sleep when I have my dreams. I'll sleep when I'm dead. Like, okay, you're gonna die a lot sooner. Well, if you're dead, you're out of business. You're not making money when you're dead. You know, yeah. so yeah, yeah. I, I I need sleep. I need this. I I I need my recharge time. Like I I always tell people when you get to a point when you truly, I don't think I've mastered anything because I fuck up all the time. I probably fuck. Up more, I probably fuck up more than anybody I know. But like I'm so I'm so numb to fuck ups that they don't like deter <laughs> me. You. you know, they don't. I've fucked up so much that I'm just like, oh, there's again. What's next? That's good. And, you don't dwell on that then and sit no, there. No, and you, There's no point because I know statement. I'm going to get one. I know I'm going to fuck up again probably in a couple hours. For you know, sure. <laughs> like, like don't trip on it. <laughs> yeah. So so for me, it's like my. What am I trying to say here? I, I don't I don't. What, what were we talking about? I lost. Just my like, I think we were talking about just entrepreneurs and the whole like no days off cloud oh, thing and right. how that's annoying. Yeah, that's right. But you're gonna you're gonna fuck up more and more and more and more and more and more and more if you don't take days off yes yes preach yes it's true 
It's so true. I literally got a 4.0 in college and I never did a one-nighter. Or an, Oh my god, a one-nighter. I never did an all-nighter. Like, I never ever did that. I would go to bed did like you do a one-nighter in college? Now uh, we have to know. I actually didn't, so that's kind of funny. But, um, yeah, I, I just, I always preach sleep over anything. It's, like, annoying to me when people don't rest. It's, like... If you're in, I always say this, if you're in beast mode 24-7, you're not actually in beast you're mode. You're not in beast mode. Exactly. It's the same thing with the stock market and i don't know like there's going to be ups and downs but it all reverts to the mean whereas if you're i don't know it just my brain's going off um okay so what is the number one obstacle that kind of gets in the way of that balance of peace and passion for you like is there anything that kind of interrupts that in your life no i love this this is the first time this has ever happened oh not anymore okay what did did you do to get rid of those things i well psychedelics have helped pave the way for a lot and i I would truly say i would not be anywhere near the mindset i am in here and the peace that i'm at without ever using psychedelics in my life but i I literally just talked on another podcast about this this morning was i had to really figure out who i was and not attach my identity to what i was doing And I think that's where entrepreneurs Mm -hmm. screw themselves up the most. If they're an online coach, their, their entire identity is online coach. And if online coaching doesn't work out, they no longer have an identity or know what to do. They grieve. They feel like they lost someone. They feel like they lost themselves Mm -hmm. and then they have an identity crisis. So I really had to go through a conversation of pull back, you know, owner of impact, pull back online coach, pull back fitness guy, pull back social media. Who am I? And I had to come to that answer. And that answer to my core is a leader. Yeah. And that's how I, that's what I feel I'm on this earth to do. I'm on this earth to lead people, to add value to others, to help them become other leaders so they can turn around and do the same. And once I embrace that, nothing else can really get in the peace, interrupt my peace as long as I know that every day that's what I'm doing. And again, that's my calling and the passion, whatever my passion is at this time is what I channel that through. So right now it's dominantly bodybuilding coaching and now it's bleeding more into mentorship and now it's bleeding more into public speaking. And now I'm guesting on a lot more podcasts and right. So my passions are going in different directions, but they're all identified with who I actually am, not what I'm doing. I love that. It's like in an ever changing world, that's your constant. You have to just... I know who you are. You are the constant. And, and I I think we see that a lot with athletes and people that have this identity in something and it may be a sport and it may be a a career. And then when that ends and they get injured, it's, it's literally like losing themselves and, and that grief and that loss, it it feels like losing a best friend or something. And you just feel like lost. And so I think that's so that's remarkable and just so eye opening to think about is just the one thing that won't change is who you are. So your passions will change. And I think a lot of people get caught up with what is my passion? What is my one purpose? What is what is the one thing? And then they get caught up in that. And when that doesn't work out, they think they're a failure when really it's it's not a matter of the passion supposed to be one thing. It's supposed to be ever changing and just a reflection of who you are deep down. Yep. And like, mm-hmm. I've, I've, I've danced. Dancing was a big passion. That's what I did for a career before what? I got, yeah. Okay. Yep. Now we're getting into the juicy stuff. Yep. <laughs> I, was, I was a hip hop instructor. I traveled, I taught at studios, I taught at conventions. I did it all. That was my passion for so long. And then, you know, a lot of people go, man, how was it transitioning from dance to fitness? Did you feel like you gave up a part of yourself? And I'm like, no, not at all. That is, you should literally just coach on this because I think this would relieve so much. Well, I do. People. That's what my mentorship basically Oh is. my gosh. Because it just, <laughs> I'm like connecting all these dots. It would relieve people of so much confusion and, and anxiety and uncertainty yeah. in this world. And just, oh my gosh. I love it. Groundbreaking. <laughs> write I'll a book. That. No, you should write I'm, a book. I'm actually working on it. Same. A book is being written. I love it. Oh my gosh. Do you know the name yet or the title? Uh, no, not yet. Okay. Yeah, that usually comes last, but 
Yeah. That's so exciting. Well, thank you so much for coming on. Where can people find you and work with you? I mean, maybe I'll work with you someday, but when you um, are. yeah, where, where can people find you? Oh, well, I'm easy. My name is the same on every single social media platform on the planet. It's just Nick Comodina. Um, Perfect. So I didn't know how to pronounce it. So oh, yeah, it's Nick. <laughs> like Comodina. I know he'll say it eventually. <laughs> yeah. And that, that's pretty much it. I'm easy. If people want to work with you, should they go through are there links in your social media uh, bio? Yeah, there, there's a link in my Instagram bio and you can either fill out a one-on-one coaching application for fitness coaching or you can fill out a mentorship application to work with me as a mentor. Okay, beautiful. Well, I'm so excited to see where your journey takes you and Likewise. I'm excited to see your book. That will be an amazing read. I already know it. So thank oh, you again. Sure. I'll send you, you the. I'll send you when the podcast goes live and you can right, listen good. to it. Thanks for having okay. me, Steph. Thank you so much. Have a good rest of your day. Do. Bye-bye. Bye.